0: Welcome to Episode 2 of Leaky Bucket of Profits. This is uh, Chapter 2, Be a Dynamic Leader, a Look in the Mirror. Hi there, my name is uh, Tony Malik. I'm a a Certified Professional Business Coach and the author of Leaky Bucket of Profits. Today we're going to talk about uh, Chapter 2 in the book. If you have a copy with you and you're not driving, uh, you'll feel free to go to Chapter 2 and follow along. Uh, If you're driving, uh, you'll just just listen and... uh, Uh, if you don't have a book you will get more out of these podcasts if you have a copy of the book uh, because i will be referring to illustrations uh, that are in the book Uh, so you can you know buy the book through any of the online platforms if you want uh, as well as you can also buy the ebook from their usual online platforms and and that's priced at a cost of about a uh, a pint of beer or a nice glass of wine so it's uh, quite affordable so we're going to talk about leadership today and it's leadership is, is so important. And you know when you think about uh, you know corporations pay CEOs you know millions of dollars. Uh, coaches of sporting organizations are, are being paid more now than they ever were. You know same with general managers of, of sporting uh, 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 you know sporting uh, uh, different sports uh, teams. And you know the reason is because they we've all learned that effective leadership really makes or breaks their organization. And one of the things I found is uh, when I was uh, speaking with, uh, you know, the many, many business owners that I had a chance to meet with uh, uh, over the years, is one of the things they, most of them did struggle with, especially if their businesses were, you know, were not performing the way they wanted it to, is they were really struggling with their leadership. and And, and if this is one skill that if you don't feel that you're 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 as good as you need to be to run your business, if you can work on this one skill, and we're going to talk about it in this chapter. I think you'll be amazed by the difference it'll have in your business. So th- there's three stages of leadership. Uh, there's lead yourself, there's lead others, and then there's lead your organization. So we're going to kind of run through each one one at a time, and I'll uh, you know give you some ideas and insights and in how you could. Uh, you know be more effective effective at each lead yourself is about basically getting your own act together first it's hard to lead others or your your, or the whole organization you know if your own backyard isn't cleaned up and and you're not uh, you know self-confident self-aware uh you know can communicate effectively uh relate to other people uh if you're struggling with those skills uh it's really important to work on them before you start to lead others, because people are going to look at you and say, well, you know, you're trying to lead me, but you know, you you don't have your own act together. So, so, so here's a few things to be aware of. Um, In the book itself. And by the way, you you may hear some flipping of pages because I literally have a a copy of my book in my hand here. Uh, Figure 2.1. I've listed some qualities of, of desired characteristics of leaderships that, that, that were that were a common theme given to me by many many business owners so as I was, when I was doing training leadership training leadership development i would you know typically ask what do you think are the qualities of an effective leader and and so here's here's some of the ones that are that are in the figure i'll i'll give you a few of them uh, and these are the most popular ones that came out you know being passionate a visionary accountable congruent consistent a good communicator high integrity so so these are some of the characteristics that you know that are that people look for in, in a leader and and you know these and as you're thinking about these you're probably thinking well do I possess those and that's a good question to ask yourself and the fact is do you you know can you get better at some of these characteristics uh, or keep enhancing what you already have with it so so really be aware of that um, leadership skills are a lot like a golf swing or, or or actually a slap shot in hockey as well so you think about it you know the best golfers in the world and they still practice hours a day you know they're already maybe making millions of dollars a year as a golfer or or as a hockey player but they still spend a lot of time every single day continually making their golf swing better and continually perfecting it and it'll never be perfect but it's a lifelong pursuit and same with hockey players when it comes to their slap shot they work you know some of them work on it for you know hours a day or at least hours a week even though they're already really good at it because again you're never perfect but if we strive for to perfection we'll continually get better you know there's there's a number of different assessment tools out there that that can help you kind of create that self-awareness and really self-awareness is very important because when when we understand how and why we react to certain situations how and why we react to other people how we keep you know, how do we communicate to other people? How are we coming across that level of self awareness is is so important, uh, in leadership because when we're self-aware, we're more confident, but when we're self-aware, we, we now have control over how we want to change or evolve. So we all have the power to change. If we want to change, there are some numerous assessments I mentioned before. Uh, you, you've got, uh, you know, there's strength finders 2.0, uh, which is uh, really helps you assess, you know, where are your real strengths. And really, the whole premise of that book is, you know, it's been proven if you have so much energy in a day, if you put the energy towards enhancing and developing to your strengths rather than just trying to prop up your weaknesses, you actually will become, uh, you, will, you will develop a lot quicker and reach a much higher potential. You know, there's also other uh, assessments such as Myers-Briggs. Uh, which assesses the various types of personality and leadership styles, and, and allowing you to understand maybe where you fit in that, and 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 you know how and why you react the way you do. And there's another one that I use quite a bit with my clients called DISC, and a DISC uh, which we're going to be talking about in 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 a following chapter here. It's really about understanding communication styles, so that you can be aware of how you're coming across to others, but at the same time understanding the people that you're, you're that you're trying to communicate with. Is how do they need to be communicated to, and and at the same time understanding them when they're trying to communicate with you. So these are all, all very important uh, skills for a leader to have. So now that you have a bit of an idea, of, you know what it takes to be able to lead yourself and, and and you know kind of get your backyard together. Is the next step is to the, developing the skills to lead others. And, you know, and what leading others means, it's about what are those one-on-one relationships you have with the members of your team. And in the, in the book, and this is an interesting that it's that I'm uh, as I'm recording this in early December of uh, 2019. There, there's a whole thing, a whole bunch of stuff going on about hockey and about uh, in the news about hockey and coaches and how they maybe overstepped their boundaries and were abusive and uh Uh, to players. And and there's a lot of news coming out about that. And one of the names that have been brought up that was not the most favorable was was Mike Babcock. And And, and the reason why I thought I'd uh, bring that up, because I actually write about him in my book, which was written about a year before this all happened. And because he's quoted, I wanted to find a, a sports analogy to illustrate, you know, what leadership's about. And there was a really good quote that he gave in an interview uh, on 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 Sportsnet on the Sports Sportnet website in uh, 2017, and what he says is, you know, each team you coach is different, and every player and every person is different. So when you coach the team, you have 23 different plans for 23 different players. Now they still have to fit into the structure of the team. The team comes first, but the reality is, we want everyone to be the best they could possibly be. So you know, I I have virtually no argument. With uh, that philosophy, and I stand behind what he said there. Uh, what can be argued is how did he execute that? So in the news today, if you look back, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast, you may see stories about Mike Mike Babcock, and yeah, there's no doubt his execution of that philosophy was uh, is in question. But the philosophy itself, I, I, you know, is is so true. So it is about having those one and one relationships, and it's really by because by understanding. Each person as an individual, you know, it's knowing about, you know, maybe a bit about their background, uh, what's going on in their lives, the, you know, their family. Uh, and, and it's really getting to know what makes them tick because when you understand them, you can, you know, as they say, know which buttons to push, to get the best out of them. And different people are motivated by different things. You, you have, some are motivated strictly by money some want advancement some people want to be able to motivate they want to move up in their career and and they're looking for those opportunities uh, and situations that allow them to do that some are happy the recognition so there's there's different so when, when i tell when i talk to a client and they're they're having trouble motivating somebody sometimes they're assuming that oh everybody's motivated by money so i'll just i'll just push the money part and see how much they can earn when the fact is it's not money that's important so it's really important to understand from your team members your individual team members uh you know really what makes them tick so now that we have an idea about you know what it takes to to lead others the next thing t- is you know how do you lead the group as a whole so you might have those individual relationships but if your company is a certain size you know and, and i would say if you're getting over 20 employees it does become pretty challenging to have those one and one one-to-one relationships and be able to motivate each one. One person at a time. You also need to be able to motivate groups of people at a time, which so and that there are a few different things. First of all, you know if you've already established your vision, mission, and your values, you know, communicating that to the team. Uh, again, getting people as a team to buy into what you're trying to achieve as a business uh, can go a long way because people will make up their own minds to, to buy in, and if you can convince them as a group to buy in. Uh, you're going to see a lot of positive things happening in your business very quickly. But it's also about communicating expectations and standards. So, you know, what's expected as a group uh, or as a team? What's the team expected to achieve and, and being sure that they're aware of that? And also, what are the standards? What are the standards for quality you've created? What are the standards for behavior in the company? And being sure as as, as a whole that the group understands how you expect them to uh, Uh, To better interact, so you know how do you do that? Well, there's a different number of different ways and tools you can use. You know, you can have a a daily or a weekly uh, toolbox meeting as an example, or or a huddle, or you get together for 15 minutes uh, at a regular time at at regular intervals, and you just reinforce the culture of the company. You reinforce the mission, vision, and values. Plus, obviously, you can have you know deal with the issues of the day. So there might be some issues. uh, in the business uh, service failures or quality or other information you need to share can be shared at those as well. Uh, having a simple company newsletter or emails can can be effective. Need to be you know they need to be well worded and crafted well, but they, they can also be effective. But you know there's other online apps as well, right? You could have groups on social media, tools. I, I have clients using the WhatsApp app. Uh, to uh, uh, to communicate on an ongoing basis with their with their with their with their team and their people so there's different ways you can do that another thing too is to realize that you may have to communicate your vision or your, your communicate and lead through others as well so if you have a larger business with you know say well over 20 people 20 30 40 50 people you may have to rely on your management team so your individual relationships may predominantly be with your, your your management team and motivating them and you're really going to be counting on them to to get your message across through through the team members and usually from a culture point of view the best way to test whether whether the message is getting through your front line is to visit your frontline employees and ask them some questions you know about you know how, how they feel about the company and you'll get a really good feel if the message is getting through uh, through your management. So that's something really important to see if your communications are getting through. Uh, you know, here's an example. I, I, I know I worked with an HVAC company and the owner was complaining about problems with uh, getting uh, paperwork in on time. So I'm sure nobody has problems, right, with uh, with the techs, uh, uh handing their paperwork in on time. So that's pretty common. I, f- I find that happens a lot with blue collar businesses and and he, and he was frustrated. He says, I need to change the culture here. And I says, well, if they're not handing the paperwork on time, I said, whose fault is that? And he paused for a moment and says, well, it's mine. You know, as the leader, I'm, I'm letting it happen. I says, well, what are you going to do about it? So the first thing we, we tried to do is, first of all, create an expectation. And, and we did it formally by creating, uh, having him write a policy in writing and Making sure that that policy was presented uh, to all the techs and all the employees at their next weekly huddle. And also including what, what the consequence would be. So, for instance, a consequence would be, well, if you don't get your, your, your daily sheets in, your numbers aren't going to be in your production numbers, and you may miss out on production bonuses. It, it may mean, you know what, you're going to have to go home and if you left the paperwork at home, you may have to go home and get it and bring it back. So it's really important that there's a high level of accountability in an organization and as a leader, because if you don't have that, uh, if people understand that there will be consequences. If the, you know, if their general direction and expectations aren't followed, if they, if there aren't any of, uh, uh, accountabilities, they're just going to keep getting away with it. So, and they're going to keep doing it. So you may have to be firm about that. What, yeah, one other thing about that too is, you know, there, there was some people that did bring in late their stuff in late, and their numbers didn't get put into the production bonus. And when they went to complain about, when the text went came to complain, well, I didn't get my production bonus. Well, the owner says, well, those numbers from last Thursday weren't weren't in your numbers because you didn't hand in the paperwork in time, so we couldn't include it. So believe me, that happens only once. Another, uh, uh, yeah, so, so that's important to, to do that. Uh, another thing about leadership is to walk the talk. So I, th- I mentioned in, in uh, my previous episode about uh, Uh, That it was really important to be sure there was congruency in leadership to be sure that your actions match your words because if they don't I can tell you that your people will notice it in a second. Uh, We have to realize that we're being watched with a magnifying glass with a microscope Our people are looking to see is this leader really living by the words they're preaching to us. And if they see a a lack of connection or lack of congruency, you'll, you'll lose their respect. And I had this own situation, and I talk about it in the book. As a as a teenager, I was an army cadet up in Canada, and I was at a at a six week camp. Uh, it was like almost like an army boot camp for for teenagers. It was a six week camp, and I was walking, and 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 a, and a sergeant at the time came up to me and told me that uh, my shoes weren't shiny enough, and you know, I, my shoes were a little dusty. But I looked at his shoes and I noticed his shoes were just as dusty as mine. And I kind of pointed that out to him, well, your shoes are no cleaner than mine. And he says, well, you know, do what I say, not as I do. And I found that really disheartening because, because, you know, it, it showed that for this person, there's a double standard and, and it really created a bit of a distrust for me and, and leadership for a while. So it's, it's really important that you really, you know, I, and I said earlier, Uh, walk the talk because if you don't anything else you want to say after that is really not going to be you know land with the same effect that, that you would have hoped to otherwise interesting little story i talk about in the book called the rule of the hog and it's it's a story about a new plant manager you know a new a new manager that's new to manager that came in to take over managing a plant and it was you know bound and determined that he was going to drive the numbers and make productivity, you know, improve productivity. And what he really basically did is he started managing the process instead of the people. And he started telling people, you know, here's what I need from you. He cut back on benefits. He cut back on breaks to get the productivity up. He, caught, he cut back on, on some safety stuff just to get the production numbers up. And what ended up happening is, but we And what we have to remember is a lot of times the team chooses its leader and the team did not want to work for this leader. So what they did is the hog is just a, the hog is a machine that's a chipping machine that uses plants to chip, you know, to chip wood up into uh, small pieces. So it can be disposed of or used for other things that, you know, this are, these are usually cutoffs that happen, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, in a wood plant. So what... The team members and the ploys did. They started putting, throwing perfectly good lumber, and perfectly good wood through the through the hog to wreck it. So to bring the numbers down, so that it looked like there's was a lot more waste in the plant than there actually was. And that went on for a while. The profitability of the plant went down, and and that manager was eventually let go. So understanding that you know the rule of the hog is is we need to manage the people, uh support them in in them running the process when we just run processes only and forget about the people, our you know employees will always find a way to get a, their pound of flesh back. So let's not give them that opportunity that they feel they have to do that. So here are three rules of leadership to always follow. First one is live by your core values every single day, even when it's inconvenient, because it, believe me, you, you it, we all get tested in tough situations where we want to take the easy way out but it may go against our core values for instance if one of your core values is honesty they don't ask your staff to lie to a customer when there's a miss shipment or a misdiagnosis of a malfunctioning piece of equipment uh, even if it costs you some profits to resolve the issue Uh, again employees will notice that real fast Uh, Remember that the true character of a person is what they do when no one is watching. If one of your core values is respect, then it's important to treat everybody with respect all the time, not just at work. I, I know of a situation where somebody was always really respectful and nice at work, probably because it helped with their job security. But when they went out for dinner, they would treat the serving personnel horribly. So, you know, that's not, you know, that's, you know, so that's kind of, you know, no one at work is watching. So now I can get away with being different. That's, that's not a sign of great leadership. So we need to act by our core values all the time. And, you know, don't ask anyone to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. If you don't, for instance, if you don't keep your vehicle clean and organized at all times, then don't ask your staff to do it as well. Because again, what's going to end up happening is you may ask for them to always keep their vehicle clean. But they're going and if they see yours is always dirty, they're going to go, well, why should I? Right. And again, it's about credibility uh, with, with, with your team because if you're not, if you can't, again, walk the talk just on some of those simple things, you're going to find it being really challenging to lead your people. So, one of the last things I want to talk about is motivation because uh, it, you know, motiv- you know, there's all kinds of books and articles. A motivation and, and it's something that you know a lot of business owners struggle with I had a client in, in one of the trades businesses that said to me Tony how do you motivate people I can't seem to motivate anybody I pay them well they're given benefits but you know they, they just you know they do their job okay but they they don't want to give that extra they you know they, they don't they don't have a passion for, for, for what we're doing here so what I did is I, I told them about something called Herzberg's two-factor theory and, and in the book in my book on page uh, uh, 28 figure 2.2 there's a model there that shows what Herzberg's Herzberg's two-factor theory is and really it, it was a study that was done quite a few years a few decades ago and what they did is they they asked engineers a tight group they asked engineers, you know, what what they liked about their job or what they didn't like about their job. And what they basically found from the study was what people really liked, what really motivated them is when they had interesting, well, two things, when they had interesting work to do, but when they were also growing, you know, as a person and growing in their career. And, and so, you know, paying them really well didn't make any difference. It was It was those two things. Growing in their, you know, growing as far as enhancing their skills and doing interesting work. So keep that in mind. Now, they're, they're, you know, and there's and when I talk about it in the model, there's something called job, you know, for job satisfaction. There's something called hygiene factors, which when you have a what's called a hygiene factor in your uh, offered in your business, it doesn't mean you're uh, you're going to motivate people. It just means you're providing the basics that people would have expected anyways, such as competitive wages. You know, decent benefits, working with some good people around you, uh, you know those types of things, and and decent working conditions. Again, you are ha- not doing anything special by providing those. People expect those already. What did motivate people are something called satisfier factors, and some of the things listed listed here are, you know, again, interesting, challenging work, recognition of achievement, personal growth, advancement, feeling valued also involved in decision making you know there's there's that saying that you know that people get really disheartened when they're treated like mushrooms you know and that is you know they're left in the dark and expected to grow so having that you know being involved in the process and so perhaps their input is valued that that goes a long way to motivating people so so yeah salary paying decent decent wages they expect that already so you know my question is what are you doing on the satisfier factors to really get people wanting to, wanting to work for you and, and wanting to give all they've got in the, you know, while they're working for you. So he, so here's a few things that, that can help with that too. You know, have regular meetings, you know, they should they don't have to be long, 10 or 15 minutes to deal with immediate challenges, to review your, to review your core values. And of course, and more, most importantly, find those opportunities to recognize people on the team that went above and beyond, especially if you know Certain people on your team really like to be recognized. Uh, Take those opportunities to do that at the meeting. But be careful. You can't get political about it. So sometimes you've got to spread that around. But that goes a long way. People being recognized and praised in front of their peers is, is, first of all, it's not expensive, doesn't cost you anything. And it really is uh, very powerful. Developing people. If you have a foreman or lead hand. Get them to run a meeting for you. You know, help them enhance some of their skills so they feel like they're growing in their business. Find new challenging, find ways to challenge people with some new tasks. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, if, if they're in the trades, if they only do rough ins, you know, have them do some of the finishing work or, or have them change stations if they're in a plant. You know, sometimes if they don't want to, they're happy doing what they're doing. That's fine. That's something you should need to know as, as a leader. But if they're looking for some interesting, more interesting things to do, find ways to uh, find opportunities to get them to do new, and interesting things. Now, keep something in mind. And I run into this sometimes I'll have a, a client say, well, you know, you know, that employee does such a good job on that task. You know, they're such a good tech or they just do such a good job with that part. That, you know, installing that piece of equipment, I, you know, I, I don't want to lose them there. Well, what we need to understand is if that person wants to grow in their business or not sorry, grow in their career, they don't want to do, they might be good at it, but they might want to try other things. So by tr- keeping them in that job, just because they do a good job, you might lose them anyway. So if you can help develop people's skills, uh, so they advance in your company and can help you make money and help grow your business rather than leaving your company and help somebody else grow their business. So, so sometimes we, we have to be careful not to be too selfish with that. Uh, you know, ensure that everybody understands the importance of their role. So, you know, when, when, when we understand, when, when everyone understands the vision and the mission, what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you know, in your marketplace, and people understand what their role is and what they're a part of, it, that goes a long way to motivating people. And I say, I, and, I, and I use the example is, and I don't mean this disparagingly at all, but even the janitor can be motivated and excited about their job if they understand what role they're playing as support to the rest of the team, you know, to, to the business in general. And the only reason why I say, you know, even a janitor is not, be, again, not to be disparaging. It's because sometimes we forget about those people as leaders. So I'm saying, you know, don't forget about the, 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 those, you know, background, the people that maybe are in the background of your business because they want to be motivated as well. And, and, and they want to feel like when they go home, everybody wants to feel like they've accomplished something when they go home, no matter what their job is. And one of the final things is, Take a close look at your, you know, your human resources program. Do you have programs and policies in place that, that are truly are designed to motivate? Or are you just basically a company? Well, okay, this place doesn't suck, but you know, it doesn't exactly get me excited either. So these are all things to look at in your business as, as, as a leader uh, to help motivate people. Because as we all know, if you get your whole team motivated and excited about coming to work and, and, and accomplishing uh, what they need to accomplish that day, your, your business is going gonna, is gonna, to is achieve and reach heights that you've never seen before. So that's it for the chapter two. I hope you got some great ideas out of it. Our next chapter is in chapter three is going to be called Empower Your Company with a Powerful Strategic Plan. I can see clearly now, so stay tuned uh, and I hope you download the next episode as we uh, talk about how to build a strategic plan that gets everybody excited. So it's uh again. My name is Tony Malak. I'm a certified professional business coach and the author of Leaky Bucket of Profits. And uh, I look forward to uh, having you aboard for our next podcast. Have a great day.